everybody, and welcome to episode 297 of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I am Jim, and like De La Soul, it is me, myself, and I tonight, where I'll be talking about two books, two books being digital. One, that wasn't originally digital. It's one that went into the digital realm during this whole shutdown, all of that, and it's a finale, and I'll let you guess which book that was. Uh, before that, we'll go over and tell you where you can find us on the internet. I'm telling you, I am struggling tonight. This is about the ninth time I've tried to do this little intro. You would be amazed at how many times I have screwed it up. And I'm just talking like this because I'm sure I'm going to screw it up again. But you can go over to the Twitters and find us at Weird Science DC. We have a website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. Com. You have stolen my dreams. Yes, where you can go and read all of the new reviews. They come out now on Tuesday because DC's comics come out on Tuesday. We also have a YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics, where I personally do video reviews and video news items and all that sort of thing. Weird Science Comics. You can also go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can support us for all the things we do. If you're not aware, we also have a weird uh, a weird science. We all see this is what happens. We also have a Marvel set of podcasts and website and Twitter, all that stuff. See, I'm having some issues. It's getting late. I think I have issues and tissues here. We'll see how this goes. I'm actually uh, going old school, and I'm drinking a Gridlock, but it's the Gridlock Extreme Red, and it tastes like sweet tarts, which a lot of energy drinks do, uh, but it's not get- it's not getting me any bit awake. I-, I think I should go probably, you know, cook up a brew of Java, a brew of Java. You know, this is what I'm talking about. We will never <laughs> forgive you. I am having some problems. <laughs> here but i am gonna go off now to our grand old deal where we're gonna start with the digital book that is a digital first it was always digital it just started coming out and that is harley quinn black white and red number two all right and harley quinn black white and red number two is with script and art by miracle and dolfo letters by john j hill And it's an issue that's called Fashion Victim. And if you're not aware of what Harley Quinn Black, White, and Red is each week, it's a digital issue that comes out with a new creator. Last week was Stepan Sedgwick. This week, Miracle and Dolfo. They end up doing the art in just a black, white, and red. That's hence the title. And, you know, they can have some fun and do some things. Like I said, they're only just fun little one shot. This issue is a little more lighthearted than what we got with Stepan Sedgwick last week. And this one's all about the idea of Harley wanting to be the most popular gal in Gotham. And that has to do with likes on the Instagrams and the Twitters and the whatevers. And you see that she has been you know, one of the darlings of the scene as she is putting glitter glue on Batman, giving Killer Croc a wedgie, uh, amongst other things. She's always there to get a selfie. She's always getting likes with these things. But you end up where 
She's kind of not as popular now. And I thought that this was funny that Mirko and Dolfo is kind of dealing with this in a time where a lot of people are kind of going against Harley. I love Harley, so I am not. I end up online kind of arguing with people. I think that sometimes Harley is a little overdone. She might be in a little too many books, but I still like the character. And I think it's more up to the writer than just the character. I don't think the character is done at all, but this is what she's dealing with in the comic. People aren't liking her as much. She's going on, say, Reddit or Twitter and finding out that people are telling everybody, oh, she's an idiot. We don't like her outfit. Hey, they're 2000 called and they want their goth look back, Harley. It's like that sort of thing where she is talking to Bernie the Beaver. And it is kind of in a continuity that would be a Palmiati Connor continuity here or even into the Birds of Prey movie. And I like what Mirko and Dolfo is doing with that added red to the black and white. I think that he does a really good job. I think Stepan Sedgwick did as well. I like this, though. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of Mirko and Dolfo. So the story, though, kind of revolves around maybe like a who's hot or who's not list. That you'd always have like Mr. Blackwell's list. And at the moment, Harley is not. And you end up having Selena, Catwoman, is hot. And you see that she goes and does her capers. She's doing her cat burglary. And everybody's smitten with her. Everybody's lined up to take her picture. Even when she's stealing paintings from a museum, you end up having the police. They're all in love with her. And you end up having Harley decide, well, I need to go and steal some of that thunder back, ends up getting a dress. And as Selena is there outside a museum, stealing some stuff, everybody taking pictures, all that, as they're about to take a picture of Selena, Harley goes by and she's like kneeling up on the seat of her motorcycle and putting her finger on the side of her mouth. Oh my, did I do something? And they end up taking her picture and it gets a lot of likes. And so you end up where Harley is so mad at Selena, like, I'm now going to be the fashion icon cat lady. You're nothing compared to me. And they start fighting. And it's like, oh, my God. And as they're doing this, the crowd, they're taking pictures with their phones. Oh, my, the cat's fantastic. No, Harley's the greatest. And they're doing this. So they come to kind of a standstill. And that's where we end up continuing with the fashion icon makers of Gotham show up, and it's a guy and a gal, Goo and Rue, the fashion gurus, and they invite Selena and Harley to what basically is a Zoolander walk-off, right? That Hansel's so hot right now. At the Gotham Underground Fashion Week, where this is where you could end up like kind of getting boring with this, even though Hansel is so hot right now, you end up where I think that it's kind of a clever thing that Miracle and Delfo does here because you end up having this walk-off. You have this runway, you have this underground fashion show, and it's a fashion show for villains. And because of that, you end up having the things that Selena and Harley are wearing on the runway are actually stuff that, you would have villains wear because they have these crazy properties. You have Harley. She's walking down in this sash deal dress that is actually bulletproof. 
you end up having Selena in a dress that she goes through a metal detector. Nothing goes off. And then she reveals, I have like 17 guns strapped to my legs, you know, because it is a metal detector shielding. They both are walking back and forth on a flaming runway because they have flame retardant, you know, smocks on, little jumpers. And I I like it. I I really do like it. I like the way that Mirko and Dolfo does the red in here because selena she she just wears mostly all black in the one thing she has like she would you know you end up having harley black and and red but then when they have the jumpers they both have their thing going on and i think that miracle and dolfo does a good job where you end up having a nice variety of the reds and the blacks and the whites here and i think it's 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 done really well now I do think that this issue starts to drag a little. What you end up finding out is that when whoever is the fashion icon, whoever ends up getting the most likes, whoever ends up being, you know, pretty much crowned the queen of the underground by the guru, they will give them a dress to wear and show off. It's a ruby dress. And it has a smoke screen. It has a smoke machine in it. Well, you see that Selena seems to know this and is ready for it to go off, where you almost have Harley kind of start choking out because of the smoke. Selena has a, you know, has a mask on, and she has just been there to steal this. This has been a caper all along for her. And we find that out because they go, Selena steals the dress. Goo and Rue, they end up getting their, you know, hired goons. They start shooting at Selena and Harley because Selena steals the dress and then grabs Harley and they crash out the window and their story's up. Selena tries to save them, but unfortunately, her whip ends up getting shot. It frays and they fall to the ground. And then they end up, both of them, in the hospital with full body cast. And like I said, it just... It goes on just a little too long where you end up having a lot of action, a lot of fun, but then you have a couple pages at the end to kind of tie things up and it does end up kind of making the pacing off a little, but it was just a ruse. All of this was just Selena trying to get to that underground fashion deal so she could steal this ruby dress. And so Harley's like, but... You, you were trying to be better than me and you were going to be the Gotham I cut. She really wasn't. She was just trying to get Harley. She needed Harley. She she knew Harley would be pissed. So once she did that, Harley would come. Then they'd be invited to this underground fashion show. Then they'd have the walk off, you know, the walk off because. It's that damn Hansel. He's so hot right now. <laughs> he is hot right now. And this would allow Selena to steal the dress but now they don't have it they are in full body cast when harley realizes that selena all along was still her friend they end up high-fiving in full body cast and then they find out in the wah 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 moment at the end that killer frost had stolen the actual ruby dress so killer frost ends up being the fashion icon of the gotham underworld there and then you get one of my favorites to end thin because it's fancy. But yeah, overall, this was a, a nice little deal. And I, I think that this book, if you're a Harley fan, I think that you'll enjoy this. I don't know, though, that this is something that I could ever say everybody's got to grab. I think that it's going to be one of those. If you're a Harley fan, grab it. I am, so I'm I'm reading it. If you are a fan of one of the creators that comes on, if you're a Miracle and Dolpho fan, 
you'll be you know a great way to get some miracle and dofo art and also some writing as well if you're a step and subject then you could grab the first one i think that that's what it's most about i think to me I have been more impressed with the art than the actual stories, mainly because these are one shots. You're really not going to do that much. But I will say Miracle and Dolfo does a good job. I like the humor in this. I would have liked a little more pop culture reference. I'm telling you, you should have referenced Zoolander a hundred times in this, and then I would have been cool. But overall, I think I'm going to give this a 7.5 out of 10. Well worth the price of admission, which is 99 cents, though. So with that, I am going to go off to that book we were talking about that was originally a print book, but is now a digital. And this book is Supergirl number 42, written by Jody Hauser, art by Rachel Stott, colors by Chris Peter, and letters by Tom Napolitano. This is the finale of the Supergirl book, and this run especially since it came back after Brian Michael Bendis came, took both Action Comics and Superman. Supergirl was canceled, then brought back, and then since then it's been garbage. It has been a book that has been commandeered by Brian Michael Bendis, an editorial I've been told by a bunch of people behind the scenes that this book is one of those, um, amongst a bunch of others, that is more being written by editorial they're telling the writer exactly what they must do and then the writer has to try to make heads or tails of that now that goes with things like hey you're part of the year of the villain then hey you're part of the infected hey you're going to be doing rogozar i mean the supergirl book has pretty much been hijacked by everything since it came back mark and draco was on it now we have jody hauser finishing it up And from what I've been told, they've been kind of running around trying to make things work when they're told crazy stuff that shouldn't work. And it isn't fully anybody on the creative team's fault. And where I was told, and I wasn't told by Jody Hauser, I wasn't told by Mark and Draco, I was told by somebody else about this. There's a bunch of books going on right now at DC that have the same problem that they are being more run by editorial than the creative teams. And the creative teams have been told, hey, if you don't like it, you can pound sand. We'll replace you. So they're made to do this so that they can get a paycheck and feed their families and things like that. But in the long run, you end up with their name on the cover. And I think that it is a disservice what DC is doing, especially some of I'm telling you, particular things I've told are just ridiculous. They are so ridiculous what editorial is doing to all of these creators if you're not one of the top creators if you're not one of the top dogs you are just given scraps and you're being told and where i often kind of bitch and moan about you know the scores that i see for books where i go and read a book and i'm like boy that was bad and then i go to the roundup and i see oh there's five ten out of tens well i was told by this person that Those 10 out of 10s a lot of times are on issues that the editors said, hey, I want, and just on a whim, hey, I want this person in there. Hey, I want you to do this. And the writer is scrambling to do things. And then when these idiots give it a 10 out of 10, they end up really hurting the creators because the editors then say, well, look, my issue got a 10 out of 10 here. So who's nonsense now? And then they get more control 
over the book. And when I was told this, this is why I get angry at these people that are giving out 10 out of 10s like it's Halloween and they're Skittles. And I hate Skittles. Skittles stink. And so do all these 10 out of 10s for issues that obviously have flaws and are not the greatest thing that has ever been written. I I say all the time where you'll end up having a random Supergirl issue in this run is not going to be as good as Watchmen. I don't even care if you don't like Watchmen. It's still not going to be as good. And so please, everybody who's listening to this, if you do reviews, if you have a site and you're doing, think of that. Think of the idea that at points you may have screwed the creators that you think you're going to have a tea party with, where they're sitting there waiting. I was told they're waiting for the reviews to hit, thinking, please, please see through this smokescreen and realize this issue stinks so that I actually can get control back on my book. And then these idiots put 10 out of 10, all these, and it just ruins it. Now I'm getting mad. I'm getting mad here. (laughs) And I don't know why. Well, here we go, because this is the finale of Supergirl, a book that has just been a wreck. And it has. And yeah, this issue, though, Jodie Hauser, again, this is where she ends up seemingly being put in a horrible position. Not that just what's going on in this particular issue, but what led into it, what all is going on. I think she does a really good job here. I'm not going to say it's a great issue, but knowing kind of some things behind the scenes, but also just reading this book and seeing how awful it was, at least by the end, Jody Hauser is able to show us that Kara is a hero Kara does the right thing. Kara actually, with her heroics, convince a kind of a bad character, you know, the whole General Baines from the U.S. government in her mecha suit, which makes no damn sense. But that's what I'm talking about here. But with that also kind of gives some shout outs back to the Steve Orlando run of the book at the beginning during Rebirth, things like that. And I do think that in a bad situation, Jody Hauser steps up and actually makes a really good issue for what she's given. You end up with this continuing hurricane deal going on in Florida, you know, Florida, all the sorts of troubles there where you have General Baines is attacking and trying to bring in Supergirl because she was, you know, seemingly a bad gal when she was infected. And It's one of those where in this issue, I don't know why, but it it made more sense. You get a little more of an explanation from General Baines because it is true. Supergirl had something go wrong. You end up having her being an alien. I wish that you would have tied a little more into this with the Superman reveal and all that. Maybe that would be another bit that we got to bring you in to kind of figure out, you know, sort things out. But I do think... That with everything going on, even though I love Supergirl, think she's a great hero, I do think that the government would be interested in maybe talking to her a little. There's an alien who seemingly went a little wacko. Let's see what happened. Let's find out what it's all about. Let's see that sort of thing. Uh, Well, while you're going through all of that, Kara is having some hallucinations. And this is where you're going to get some of the shout outs to even some of this run as well, where she starts seeing people. She ends up looking at General Baines, who's in this mecha suit. It very much resembles the Lex Luthor power armor. 
uh, when she sees her. Oh, my God. I, I She thinks back at her father, Cyborg, Superman, uh, Zarel, And it's funny, too, because that was a big thing in Steve Orlando's run. So that's a pretty cool shout out. It also was something that caused her issues when people found out that her father was Cyborg Superman. But during the whole Oz effect, the whole idea of Jarrell, things like that, you ended up having Cyborg Superman killed by Jarrell before even you had Bendis show up and things like that. But we haven't really dealt with that. We haven't really dealt with anybody finding it. So having a hallucination is fine anyway. She could still have that. It's nothing that's getting screwed up. But I, I just, it's something that Eric. It's been bothering him since. Every time, if I would say to him right now, hey, how about that Cyborg Superman? Why isn't anybody investigating why he was killed? All these things. But you end up having her see. And she's got to figure out, okay, what are these hallucinations? What's real? But then actually there's a little bit of an added thing to that with the idea of, okay, what also is completely a hallucination or am i like seeing general baines and thinking she's someone else so there is actual times where she's hallucinating that they're ghosts kind of thing and then there's times that she's kind of putting overlaying a hallucination over things that are actually happening and you do even have general baines who's going after crypto trying to bring him in because he's an alien dog we got to figure these things out and again if you had more of a setup and if you had more time before the idea of the government trying to scramble to figure out what happened during this infection now also throw leviathan i'm telling you brian michael bend has screwed up so many things and just ends up kind of screwing things up and then moving on with his story and he's allowed to do whatever the hell he wants but yet you know somebody like a jody hauser is left picking up some of the pieces but so Supergirl's trying to figure out what's real, what isn't. You end up seeing Rogozar. She's like, oh, Rogozar, destroyer of Krypton. I took care of him. He's in the Phantom Zone. I think that he is a hallucination, ends up beating him up a little and end up, you know, as the physical, okay, kind of beating up at that point, General Baines, who then blasts Kara. And General Baines ends up having a kryptonite-fueled suit that is affecting Karen, but not much. It's just kind of mentioned. You don't really see that many effects of it. But then you end up seeing Star Shane. You end up even having her see her infected self. Okay, it's okay. Like I said, it's not a bad way to end all this with Kara kind of doing a weird victory lap, almost like a non-victory lap of what happened, ends up being able to choke out the whole deal of her infected self, which does end up, again, being General Baines. She's just kind of seeing things with that. As you have General Baines almost take her out, Crypto comes and hits her, all these things. Well, what ends up happening, though, is where, and, and it's very much near the end, where Kara pleads to General Baines, listen, Baines, you know, it's not Harold Baines, which I wish it was, but it's General Baines. Hey, Baines, uh, stop going after me. We're in the middle of a hurricane. I, I don't know if you realize this is raining. It's windy, hurricane, and there's people in trouble. Everybody didn't evacuate. That, that's why I'm here. I'm here to save people. So please, let's just calm down right now. Let's just kind of. 
you know, agree to disagree for the moment, but can we both work together to save these people? And, you know, General Baines is a government official who is there for Supergirl, but isn't there to, you know, let people die either. So, yeah, she lets pretty much Kara go off, but Baines is helping as well. And they end up saving these people as the government kind of rushes in to do things. And at the end, they end up getting most of the people into this gymnasium in the school. And then the pretty much the military comes in, surrounds Kara. They're going to arrest her. And that's where the people in the crowd, the people that were saved, step up. Whoa, whoa, what are you doing with Supergirl? You know, we're with, it's almost like a Spartacus deal. I'm Supergirl. I'm Supergirl. It doesn't go that far, but it could have. Uh, but yeah, you end up with the people stepping up to try to save Karen, now, in the meantime, I would have liked the ending to be more of, I know this would be kind of cliche and hokey, but hey, everybody, you know, have General Bain step up and say, listen, I think we got to reevaluate this. Let's think this over. No, Kara kind of slips through the crowd and just skedaddles with crypto and gets out. And then I don't know if I love the ending where you have Kara say, well, you know, I really miss Krypton and Krypton was the best and I never really wanted to come to Earth, but I guess I'll try to live here. I'll try to kind of live like a human here. Uh, but yeah, right now I'm having some problems. Maybe I'll be able to do things a little better, uh, but it's a work in progress. So off I go. And that's how it ends with her and Crypto going Across a skyline with the lightning going It's not quite a dark night deal But there's lightning going And it makes me laugh because It does say never the end at the bottom for Kara But Kara goes off and I'm like Well what happens if something happens to that school there You you maybe should have stayed But she's going to go off And fight another day Uh, One of the things is She'll probably show up more and more With the Superman and action comic stuff With Brian Michael Bendis So that's not the greatest. I actually would like her to be in the Legion of Superheroes, but I'd like another writer because, again, that's Bendis. I mean, really, Bendis has taken over so many things that it's crazy. But I would love to have Supergirl, Batgirl, uh, some books, even Wonder Woman, uh, Batman in the Outs. It seems like these lower tier books, the tier, the, and I'm saying I love Supergirl, but Supergirl is the lower tier from action and Superman, right? You end up having Batman and the Outsiders. That's a little less than the whole Batman deal. Now, Wonder Woman should be a huge book. And uh, from what I've been told, all these books are getting messed with and it stinks. It really does. These characters and their fans deserve so much more. And it seems like the, the characters that I like and, and really here's the other thing. Let's just say it right now. Most of the books that seem to be getting screwed with have female creators. That is bull crap that they are being screwed with. But I've been told it's not necessarily a male female type thing. It's more of a higher echelon writers oh look at you fancy ones up there that tend to be all male writers but still these other books i'm talking even a nightwing a red hood these things they're just they're, they're not looked at i guess as important so they're just constantly messed with and it really upsets me that for a while now 
I've been there blaming the writers because how would I know? You end up having a book. It's not written well. You think it's a writer, but it does seem like there are obstacles that a lot of these writers have to go and jump over and go through. It's like they're nitro in the American Gladiators with the obstacle course going through there. It's not fair. And it's not fair for anybody. The creative team that have to put their names on the cover and makes it seem, oh, you know, and everybody now, you're your own brand, especially these comic writers that do want to probably go off and do their own creator, own stuff, things like that. And if you end up getting your brand tarnished because of some stupid editor who has no idea what they're doing, that is terrible. And I do expect that there's going to be a bit of a let's get the hell out of here going a a bit of a rats jumping off the sinking ship at some point with these lower tier writers. They're just like, I don't want to be here. Why am I writing for you when you're making me do this nonsense? And I wouldn't want to do it either. So it is a shame. Uh, But yeah, I think that overall, I think that Jody Hauser kind of does come out of this garbage with something a little better at least something that i can read kind of smile by the end again i'm only going to give it a six five because it still is amongst this craziness but i think that she did a really good job to end it and make something out of what is a awful awful situation so that is the end of the podcast i hope that you enjoyed it i hope that you were listening to me lose my mind and now i gotta go off and do a bunch of other things and it's late so maybe i'll just go to bed i don't know but we'll see we'll see how that goes but thanks everybody for listening thanks for listening to me get on my soapbox and i will remind you if you want to talk to me about any of that you can go over to our twitter weird science dc if you follow us we'll follow you back and then you can dm me and we can have all sorts of conversations you can also go to our website weird science dccomics.com also we have a youtube channel weird science comics and a patreon account for you to go and follow us and you know give us a little shout out Tell us, you know, that we're doing a good job and get a ton of shows in return. Uh, One of the shows that I started, I ended up reviewing Icon number one from the Milestone deal. But the whole podcast is the Milestorm podcast because it's a combo of Milestone and Wildstorm books. Because Eric Shea during episode 100 got drunk and combined those. So it took me a while, but I'm going to do that podcast each and every month i really enjoyed doing icon number one a really really good issue and there's a lot of other shows as well but it'd be great if you check that out thanks and all of those links are in the show notes so thanks a lot and i will talk to you later